Welcome to the Opportunity Collective, a collaborative network of emerging leaders who are creating new opportunities for ourselves, but more importantly, for others. I'm Daniel Eccles, and I'm here to guide you on the path to turning your plan A into a reality. And that's the impact that you feel called to make. And here's the secret sauce and how we make it happen. Collaboration is greater than competition. By working together, we can accomplish far more than we ever could alone. In each episode of the Opportunity Collective, we showcase remarkable leaders, creatives, and entrepreneurs, and we start creating opportunities through three questions that we ask them. What are you excited about? How can you help? And how can we help you? So hey, join the Opportunity Collective and start collaborating with other emerging leaders to create opportunities. I love how creative people are that come on to the Opportunity Collective. And today's guest, Ben Miller, he's creative in a way that you might not think of creativity. So he's not an artist, he's not a musician, but the way that he is thinking is what is creative because he is the CEO of Chronify. It's a new startup that is a financial budgeting tool that you can use, but instead of looking at your budget with just numbers on your mind, what it is about is about looking at your budget with time being the focus instead of the numbers. So how much time until you're able to afford to go on this trip? How much time until you're able to move to this other state? How much time before you can start your own job? So I'm looking forward to having you hear this and make sure you check out Chronify. Links are in the show notes. So check out after this episode and let's get talking to Ben Miller. Ben, thank you so much for coming on to the Opportunity Collective, for collaborating with us. I really appreciate your your spirit of just reaching out to me, I think a, a little bit ago. You saw what I was doing on LinkedIn and I saw back what you were doing and I enjoyed getting to chat with you multiple times since then. So thanks for coming and chatting again. Yeah, thank you for having me. I love what you're up to and, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, well, tell people what is actually important to know about Ben Miller and then tell them a little bit about what you're up to. Sure. Yeah. So what's important to know about me? Well, I guess I'll start by saying that I'm passionate about helping people figure their finances out. Sounds like a dry topic, but in reality, the why is what's important to me. And so what's what's motivating me to kind of pursue this mission is it turns out when people have their finances sorted out, then a lot of times the other answers just to questions that they have within their Mm -hmm. life can kind of have a much easier time dropping out as well. So I experienced that firsthand, you know, in my history, I was, I was on wall street trading foreign exchange derivatives and I wanted to do something different, but I couldn't quite figure out what my, you know, whether I had the money to do it, whether I had the right situation, you know, I have Mm -hmm. kids, a family, all these types of things going on. And so I, how I kind of got passionate about this was I realized, man, there's, there's so little clarity within my own life on this financial dimension. And so I, I set out to build my own solution on that. And it ultimately wound up morphing into the basis of the company that I'm now running. So to say a little bit about that, my company is called Chronify. And what we do 
is we help people simplify their finances by understanding them in terms of time. And so instead of just like, hey, man, here's your net worth, here's your expenses, now have at it, go have fun, <laughs> which is kind of the situation that I was in. You know, I was on Mint every morning uh, in bed trying to convince myself like everything's okay. And, and I was always left high and dry because there was no like, what does it all mean side of things. And so that's what we're trying to do for folks. We're trying to knit everything together and show people like, hey, based on everything you've got going on, uh, here is how long you can afford to live at your mm. present lifestyle before running out of savings and, and so on and so forth. Here is where your activities or our behaviors fit into your life. You know, the sushi habits delaying your retirement by three months, you know, is that good, bad, indifferent? You know, how do you feel about that? A lot of times, you know, the key unifying insight that we've got here is we're putting things in terms of time. And so a lot of times when you take the right perspective, the right answers to those questions drop right out and people have a much easier time making that. Yeah best next step. Yeah, that's a great reframe. I mean, what we do at the Opportunity Collective is we're creative entrepreneurs, emerging leaders, people that have something that they know that they're passionate about. They have this plan and they are, are trying to get there eventually, whether that's, you know, a business or a platform or whatever it might be. And one of the, the big hangups of that, I think, is the resources that you need in order to get there. A lot yes. of times we think of that just in a, a, a financial standpoint or just see maybe a number. And I think that this is super helpful to even think of, okay, I have this, this side gig, I have this passion project, this, mm -hmm. this thing that I'm working on that I'd really love to make the, the full thing. How long is it going to take me to get there? And, and what do I need to collect resource-wise? What are the options I need to gain in order to go after and create this next opportunity to get one step closer. So is that sort of what this led to in your own story with, with Wall Street and everything, it sounds like, right? Yeah, 100%. And, and I love that you're, I mean, it's right in the name of your organization here, the Opportunity Collective. You know, it's funny because like I find myself, yes, providing financial software, but like mm -hmm. what's the overall mission here? My overall mission is to try and reallocate human capital to its highest and best use. And so this, what I'm up to right now is my, my closest best way of doing that given what I'm currently able to do. But you're totally right. You know, this, this whole notion of creating opportunities for yourself, first of all, realizing whether you've got the opportunities, or not, <laughs> that's a number one, but then, you know, moving on to a point where like, okay, here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. How can I plot a course to get from A to B so that mm -hmm. I can actually make that a reality? Because so many people go into careers with this, this type of thing, like, you know, they go and become a, a lawyer and then it's like, oh, eventually I'll do pro bono work or, or whatever it may be. And it doesn't have to be some sort of, you know, bleeding heart pursuit. It's different for everybody. But the reality is for many, many people, what they're doing right now is not what they want to be doing long term. Yeah. Or it doesn't have all the same characteristics. And so what we do is we help people figure out, okay, take stock, figure out where are you right now? And then you can go, okay, now what opportunities are at my disposal? What opportunities can I create for myself so long as I maintain, you know, a diligent progress toward that goal? So I'm curious, who do you find this whole mindset of time in relation to your resources? Who kind of resonates with that theme. Do you have a target audience, a, a target clientele, people that are really a part of the Chronify community? 
Yeah, it's it's a great question. And, you know, to that, I would say, you know, our kind of perfect customer, if you will, is probably somewhere between 25 and 45 years old. You know, mm. they've kind of got their monthlies mostly right way around and they, they're between liftoff on it from a financial perspective and escape velocity. They definitely haven't won the game yet, but we're trying to help them, you know, hold their hand and help them make progress toward that next best step so that they can optimize their path to wherever they want to wind up. And so who is it resonating with? You know, in many cases, it's with busy professionals. You know, these people are, yeah. are more time starved than money starved. They have these pursuits that they want to, you know, go into, whether it's a professional pursuit, like they want to change careers or they want to have a kid or they want to buy a house or they want to, there's it's like a life change that makes people go from this like low level, dull anxiety of like, eh, I'm not really where I want to be to this kind of, you know, hair on fire problem, so to speak, that makes people go, okay, I need to wake up and start seizing the reins here because life is getting away from me. And so it's those types of people, oftentimes people who are, you know, free thinkers, creators, want people who want to do things like you've done and, and create their own opportunity yeah. or community in order to, you know, put their own foot forward into the world with something that their own two hands have made. Because it's it does take a little bit of finessing to go like, hey, you know how you've been thinking in terms of money? Stop it. Let's think in terms of time. You know, some people mm -hmm. that's like, wow, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like that sounds a little foreign, et cetera. And for some people it's like, wow, thanks so much for creating this because that's the way I've always thought of it anyways. And so I find that in many cases with that, with that demographic that I just described, it's, it's an easier lift because they're already used to thinking creatively about what they want next out of their life. Yeah. I mean, we ultimately, I feel like create these things for ourselves because that, I mean, that was the epitome of who you were. I mean, working on yep. wall street, a busy professional <laughs> time is definitely worth more than necessarily the money at that point. And so that definitely makes sense how you got in that frame of reference. So how did you go from seeing this opportunity and knowing this passion to starting your own startup and, and working on, on Chronify in general, kind of walk us through that journey. Well, I woke up one morning and I decided, okay, I'm quitting and I'm going to start a company. No, that's, that's definitely <laughs> yeah. not how it happened. I, I've heard people do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the way that I'm wired, you know, whether fortunately or unfortunately. And Probably so- Probably good to plan you know, things out before before quitting. <laughs> exactly. And so for me, it was, it was a lengthy process. You know, it was, it, it kind of, the seed got planted. I read a book called Your Money or Your Life. And mm. so that kind of introduced me to this concept of like, okay- it's not so much about the money. It's about the time. It's about the, you know, the lifeblood of your life, which is mediated through time. And I remember, you know, actually being in the, the gym at my office and looking up on my phone, like your money or your life app, and there was nothing. And so I was like, okay, huh. that's where the seeds sort of got planted because every time I'd ever had an idea before, it's like you go online and there's already 17 people already doing it. Right. And so... <laughs> But at that point, you know, I didn't know how to write software or anything like that. So there was a lot of, you know, things that needed to line up for me to be able to continue that progression. And so I started kind of thinking about things, started viewing my own finances in that way, et cetera. 
And then the personal side of my life started taking the reins too. You know, like I, I started having kids, which mm. is a, a wonderful aligner of priorities and a terrifying obliterator of your former priorities. <laughs> For sure. Uh, in the sense that, you know, you start having this, this personal side of, in my case, you know, this personal side of my life that was just taking center stage. You know, it went from this like jumble of competing priorities into like, okay, the only thing that matters is this child and, you know, then her sister and her sister and, and, you know, so on and so forth. And now I've got three kids. And so I, at one point got to a place where it's like my oldest daughter, who was then two told me that her favorite thing to do was to walk on grass. And so I was just like, Oh my gosh, you know, I didn't grow up on the East coast. I grew up in Minneapolis. And so, you know, I, I was just kind of having these flashbacks mm. to like having a yard and a place to run around and, and all this type of stuff. And so part of it just became this quest to like, okay, I got to get my daughter some grass to walk on. And so it, it, it was a wonderful point in my life when everything kind of pointed in the same direction. I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I was kind of getting, you know, I'd kind of done my time, so to speak, with with my Wall Street career and wasn't really enthusiastic about it anymore. And the 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 personal side of my life was pulling me strongly in the direction of, you know, setting up a different lifestyle. So you had the the drive for entrepreneurship, the personal side of things and the fatigue with the, my former career mm -hmm. that just kind of all pointed in the same direction. And so I started accumulating some skills, started putting myself in a spot where I understood my finances better. And then I, you know, decided to decided to make my jump. Yeah. When you're making that jump, I mean, that that's not just something that's affecting you. Obviously, it's affecting your family. Mm -hmm. There's a, a community aspect to that. And like you said, you didn't have all of the skills. You didn't have everything that you necessarily needed yet to do this thing that you had a, a great idea for and actually Googled and nothing was there. Wow. What a, <laughs> if you ever Google something and it's not there, that's an opportunity right there. Either that you. or it's a terrible idea. <laughs> or a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> that's true. But who, who came alongside of you? Like where did you find help during this time of transition to get the, the skills and the experiences that you needed to to get going? I'd say, you know, first and foremost, my wife was incredibly helpful, you know, like just that the level of support in a comprehensive sort of way, you know, she's always been in my corner. And I hesitate to even call it my corner, because it's always been kind of our corner, you know, we want what's best for each other. And, and we can feel intuitively what's going on in each other's lives. And so she could tell that I wasn't happy in in the mm -hmm. situation that I was in. And that, you know, even if it would put us on a more precarious financial footing moving forward, that it was the right solution for our family unit as a whole for us to move on. And so that was that was the biggest piece was just, you know, having picked a, a spouse who was just so abundantly on my side. And then, you know, fellow travelers and things like that, you know, I get a lot out of books. I read a book, you know, another Goldman Jim kind of memory. I was reading a book on the exercise bike at Goldman called When to Jump by Mike Lewis. And it's about exactly what it sounds like. It's about a guy who, you know, wound up, well, started out, you know, working in, I think, venture capital at Bain. And I'm seeing a theme up, here. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and wound up of all things, just deciding to go play professional squash. And, and so it's just like, okay, well, it's not like you wake up one morning and go, yep, I'm quitting. And now I'm going to go play squash. There's a process. There's this like, okay, what is my life going to look like here versus there? What's my worst case scenario? How can I analyze this and, and make sure that I'm not doing something just moronic by pulling the ripcord on an opportunity that is just, you know, objectively like a pinch me sort of situation. And so mm-hmm. I was certainly not the first person that I'd heard of to jump. I'm, I'm not wired that way. Again, you know, I'm much more of kind of like a, uh, you know, I've got a, a stripe of risk aversion in me that makes mm. me want to go, okay, let's, let's, let's see, where are the crash test dummies? You know, where are the people who have done this before that I can kind of look at their experience, learn from it, etc. And as I started to peel back the layers of that onion, I realized, okay, I'm not the first person who's done this. I'm not the first person who's mm-hmm. turned up his nose at an objectively amazing opportunity to go and do something that is, you know, more animated by, by passion and principles than just money. And so for me, it was, it was about, you know, my right brain or my emotional side of myself was already, you know, one foot out the door was already like, okay, I got to help out my daughter. I got to help out my wife. I got to make sure we do the right thing here. It was the left brain. It was the analytical side of me that was just like, I don't know if I can approve this. I, I just don't know if it makes sense. And so for me, the process was very much about, you know, learning about others experience when they've made similar jumps and then also dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's with respect to my own situation to get the buy-in from that other half of my own brain. Mm, I think that's a good insight right there. And with that one foot in, one foot out, it could be either side. You could be mm-hmm. an emerging leader that emotionally is ready, but you haven't thought through where you're going to need help and some of the, the hang-ups and the, the troubles and how other people have maybe done that before. And so you need to maybe get a little more analytical about it or Mm -hmm. someone might have this great idea and and have all the analytics, but they just emotionally, there's anxiety, there's fear, there's worry, and they're not ready to take the leap and emotionally believe the stability of wherever they might be in the current, or even if it's not stable, just the comfort of the present right now Mm -hmm. instead of of stepping out. So looking at both ways, it, it takes both in order to make that jump. You have to use both feet. And so is it your emotions that you need to catch up with your your reason or do you need reason to catch up with your emotions? And we probably lean one way or the other for sure. I mean, you're not done yet though, Ben, you're, you're actively working on this. And while you have made that jump, you're still in the weeds, working on it, making sure that it's going in the direction that you want it to go. What are you learning right now in the process? What might be frustrating or an area that you are are needing to figure out at the moment? Yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful question, especially as it relates to entrepreneurship as a whole, because entrepreneurship is you're basically your your job is to learn. You know, you start out with these hypotheses, this this like view of what you think is true. And you're going out there and it's just smashing it into the world, just smashing it into the world and going, okay, what was, what was I wrong about? What was I right about? What do I double down on? And what do I abandon and move on to something else? And so, you know, the, the, the entire nature of the role as an entrepreneur is to figure out not if you were wrong, cause you were, but how you were wrong and to continue to iterate in the right mm. direction. You know, when I start when I first started launching this product, 
I thought I was building it for like the fire crowd, which is like the financial independence, retire early folks, you know, like gut your expenses and, yeah. and retire when you're 35 sort of people. And as I put it out into the market, I realized, oh, actually, I'm not building it for who I thought I was. You know, yeah, I can I can help people mm. go from 60 miles an hour to 75 miles an hour who are already thinking along those lines. But the market reception was much warmer from people who were kind of call it fi curious, you know, people who hadn't really gotten <laughs> that, you know, that wind of change yet and, and were interested in learning more about like, OK, how do I really for the first time get a hold of my finances and figure out what they mean. And mm -hmm. that wound up being a lot more exciting. It wound up being a lot more like, okay, if you can take somebody from zero to 60, rather than just optimizing what somebody's already doing, then it creates a much more, you know, a much stronger tug of, of goodwill and mission orientation as well. And so that's just one lesson I've learned along the way, but every, like the whole nature of entrepreneurship, as it's been in my experience, is just the second that you get good at something, it's like, okay, cool, level up. That's not your game anymore. Now you're yeah. over here. And yeah. so it's like, okay, build the product. Sweet. That's step one. Now you got to get people to come to it. So your job is now marketing and now you got people coming to it. Okay, cool. Now your job is product. It's again, it's, you know, it's making sure that you optimize and tweak things. Now it's sales. Now it's personnel. It's, it's just a constantly shifting organization. So I used to think that strategy when it came to business was just something that people did when they didn't have something productive to do. And now I'm realizing I'm at a stage in the company where I'm realizing how critical that side of things is to sit down with yourself and think critically based on all the information that you've learned over the past couple of years and go, okay, what does this mean about the best path forward? I used to think that strategy was just spinning wheels and now I'm understanding it's the lifeblood of the company. And so over the past six months in particular, that's where I've spent a lot of my time is, is just making sure, okay, uh, everything needs to be done and you're figuring out, okay, which 93 problems out of these hundred problems am mm. I going to willfully ignore so that I can focus on what's most important mm -hmm. or get some help with delegate <laughs> to yep. go on to Upwork and, and figure out <laughs> who, who can do it. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. It's interesting. And so you're noticing like a, maybe a, a difference there. You you said people that are fi curious and rather than part of like the fire community. What are some trends or some some things that you're noticing about the world of finance that you you think are, are particularly interesting to the work that you're doing with with Chronify? Yeah, it's uh, well, I kind of found myself historically with this company in a spot where it's like, okay, cool, broken clocks, right? Twice a day sort of thing, because I started building this, you know, in early 2020. And so one, I was super lucky because in a year uh, that I had planned to, you know, like work from home and live off of savings, suddenly a lot of people were forced to do that same thing. So I was incredibly lucky that I had kind mm. of, you know, planned on that being a part of my operation from the beginning. And so starting out there and then moving into this world where, you know, COVID and all the kind of things that happened around it accelerated a lot of trends within society. Um, and so for me, you know, when I started building this, it was fine for me to, you know, bootstrap, self-fund, bumble along and continue to make forward progress. 
because when I started building this, people weren't thinking about time, money, happiness, etc., in the same sort of holistic and integrated way that they are now. Yeah. As a result of all the COVID, you know, machinations of working from home and and etc., quiet quitting and whatever whatever it may kind of drum up. Now everybody's thinking about things in a way that's much better aligned with kind of the way that I have conceived of these sort of things. And so right place at the right time within the world of finance, I think within the world of personal finance, one of the trends that's kind of come center stage more and more over the past couple of years is just that it's not just a spreadsheet exercise. It's not just yeah. dollars and cents in some Excel file. It is what do I want out of my life? What do I want my job mm. to mean? What do I want my money to do for me? And so people have gotten a lot more focused. It's it's no longer this like, okay, accumulate, 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 and then retire on the beach and then kick it for the rest of your life. People are realizing like, okay, no, that, that's wrong. It's not, it's not, you know, achieve financial independence as soon as possible. And then happiness eventually that's exactly backwards. People are realizing that it's like, okay, what I want to do is I want to craft a way that I do get to financial independence eventually, but that I'm happy starting today and yeah. that I can sustainably keep that engine rolling and be content the entire time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I feel like you're really going to find more people that are living in that life are not retiring in the traditional sense, right? That's why it's called financial independence, mm -hmm. uh, where you're set to do the things that you're really passionate about doing, and you can do them for as long as you want, <laughs> sort of a thing, right. other than the, the retirement of just having this nest egg, and you don't do anything. Because you get to retirement, and if that's your your goal, and you don't do anything, well, that's kind of boring. I mean, after you take the vacation, after you've sat at the pool for a little bit, after you've done all yep. that, what are you going to do with the rest of your day? Like in exactly. your weeks and your months and stuff. And and that's where you find, I think I, I saw that men in particular, women who retire are actually more likely to jump into community exercises, maybe volunteer at church or, or doing some sort of things that are active in the community. But men who retire after work are more likely to watch more TV <laughs> than they ever have <laughs> Not before. Not exactly inspiring. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so because the, the purpose was through, through work and stuff. So uh, instead of sitting down and watching TV, what are you going to be doing with the, all that time that you have with the financial independence? And if you're going to live a life like that, you need to f start figuring out what it is that you want to do now, what yes. it is that you're wanting to plan for. And in all aspects, this is why I think Chronify is, is such a, a cool piece to opportunity. It's, it's focused on the resource of, of maybe money and time. But it's also, you have to figure out the skills that you're going to need to get there. You have to figure out the people and the community, the relationships that you want in that life. Mm -hmm. It's designing all aspects of your life. And finance is a huge part of that, a piece of that for sure. And that a lot of times gets ignored. So I love, I love that, what you were doing at Chronify with that. Let's say that you're working on a project right now and you're doing some some things with Chronify. I was curious if you could choose three people, and these could be imaginary people. These could be real life people with a name. They could be a celebrity. If you chose three people to work with on a project at Chronify, who would it be and why would you pick them? 
Yeah, it's a it's a great question. So while I don't think I have, you know, specific individuals in mind, there are traits, there are there are kind of mm -hmm. complexes of thought that I think are incredibly important along that side of things. And so something that I've come to appreciate, you know, as an entrepreneur, for example, is, you know, you mentioned Upwork earlier in the in the chat. I originally was very, very reluctant to delegate tasks. It was my yeah. baby and nobody could do it as well as I could. You know, nobody was, nobody cared as much as I did. And I was just, you know, I didn't, I didn't want other people's, you know, fingers in the cookie jar or whatever. And then once the company got to a certain point, it's like, okay, well, I can't not delegate. I need other hands involved in this thing. Otherwise it's not going to be able to do what I need it to do in the world. And so that first initial wave of acceptance that like, I am not enough, you know, and that I'm not, don't mean that in the self-defeating way. I mean, like in order to, if I believe in this yeah. mission, which I do, it is my duty to the mission to make sure I'm not the only person charging forward on this. And so with that as preamble, you know, the types of people that I've found to be most useful to me and that I currently identify as most useful to moving this mission forward are one, they have to share the mission alignment, the philosophy, the orientation that what's most important to them is helping people get comfortable around their finances, helping people feel healthy around their finances and helping them ultimately move on to what's the, the better version of their life, hopefully sooner than they otherwise would. There's got to be just an, an animating principle of alignment there that, listen, we care. What do we do as, as Chronify as a company? We care about helping people get their finances sorted out so they can live their best lives. That's that's number one. And if, and if I can choose an A on that and a B on technical skills, I'll do that all day long because it's that that it's it's mm -hmm. that kind of wellspring yeah. of energy that ultimately drives people forward. Now, from a functional capacity, you know, this whole this whole process of entrepreneurship for me has been one of self-learning where I identify things that, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I can use some help at. This is what I should lean into. And this is what I should, you know, delegate or eliminate or automate, you know, like basically there are some things that, that are worth my time that I should be doing. And there are some things that I should be finding somebody else. And so the types of things that I've found most complementarity with other folks on are marketing and sales. Uh. Those are two things that it's like, you know, I can do them. I'm fine at them, but it's not the type of thing that's necessarily going to give me massive waves of energy. It's not the mm. type of thing that's going to get me, you know, excited to spring out of bed in the morning. The things that I do really enjoy are building, you know, product strategy, you know, moving the company forward, making sure that we're making the right connections. And it's been very difficult for me to, you know, step away. And I'm still very much involved in, in building the product and the code and, and all that type of thing. But, you know, incremental steps away from that have been painful for me because it's like, I want to have my hands and I want to be building <laughs> that experience is very satisfying for me. Whereas, you know, the marketing and sales side of things incredibly important and just not something that is, yeah. you know, my a number one desire to spend my time that way. And so when I'm thinking about who would I want to come on board, you know, and join the good ship Chronify, it's people who are really, you know, jazzed up and ready to go on that side of things because 
you know, I realized that I can't be, you know, I can't be the ace of spades and diamonds and hearts and clubs all at once. Yeah. You know, you need to have those people who are going to complement the places that don't energize you because for every job that you are, you know, kind of dreading doing, or that's not animating you, there's somebody out there for whom, you know, they would love to have the opportunity to do that job, to apply that role, et cetera. And so it's those types of, those types of business units that I've found the most complementary. that, and also frankly design, because I'm not a designer. Um, <laughs> Gosh, you know, right. I, I like making the back end work, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you got to have a flair for it and you gotta, you gotta really enjoy it. And so I love, you know, making it work right. But when I'm done with it, it's not going to look that pretty. And so, uh, you know, bringing people on who really thrive on making things not only work well, but look good while they're doing it. That's, that's a big deal, especially in personal finance, because if it doesn't look, you know, professional and nice and, and, and solid, then nobody's going to touch it with a barge pole. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, if there was somebody in the Opportunity Collective that has these skill sets or things that they are looking for their next opportunity, is there any way that they could help you in like the next few months or the next quarter or anything like that? Is there an opportunity that you might be able to share? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's still a small enough organization that it's not like, yeah, go to our jobs listed page or anything like that. It's the type of thing where, you know, how did we get in touch? We bumped into each other on LinkedIn and we struck up a friendship and now, you know, we've had a, a couple of conversations and stuff like that. It's that type of thing that winds up making, you know, the world go around, at least for me and my business right now. And so if there's anybody out there who's hearing this and is going, man, I'm passionate about personal finance and I love marketing or I love sales or I love, you know, whatever it may be, then it's like, yes, please reach out. I'm on LinkedIn, Ben Miller. You can, you know, you can email me, you can do whatever. Like I, I'm always looking to forge new connections with like-minded people because it's, it's exactly, it's that plus the overlay of like, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, the opportunity collective, then you're someone who's already geared towards creating your own magic, you know, like forging your own path and, and making your own opportunities. And so it's that type of person that I think lends themselves very well to an entrepreneurial cause. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so yes, long-winded way of saying, Absolutely. If, if someone, if this applies well to somebody, somebody in your audience, I encourage them to reach out and let's strike up a conversation and see what comes of it. Because, you know, having, doing something meaningful is great. Doing something meaningful with good people beside you, that's where the magic is. Yeah. I mean, it really is very simple to create opportunities. All you need to do is to ask, like, how can I help? (laughs) It might not look exactly how you wish, like, oh yeah, how can I help you, Ben? You got a six-figure salary <laughs> job for me on marketing right now? <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> but that's not necessarily the next step. And we're just looking for what's right. what's the next thing. If you're passionate about marketing, passionate about like personal finance, even doing something pro bono for for Ben. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's an opportunity, and you never know what will come from that and it's just fun as i always say it's just fun to play it's fun to play together (laughs) that's really all that we're doing you're playing a game i'm playing a game how can we interact and and help each other out with that and it's it's more fun when you do it together so i think that that is a great opportunity 
Ben, I think you're pretty efficient because like we we kind of went through a conversation in a direction in, in about 30 minutes here. <laughs> so I love it. Like I like I, I that was pretty direct and, and pretty seamless. So I appreciate it. This is great. Is there any way that people you mentioned LinkedIn, but how could people start getting invested in Crownify? And more importantly, how can how can we help you? How do we contact yeah. you? Yeah. Well, thank you for asking. I'd say, I'd say for one, you know, how can people get involved in Chronify? Well, it's a, a live website, you know, uh, working product and all that. And we got some awesome things that are right around the corner right now. And so if you want to check it out, www.chronify.com. We've also got a podcast and blog that goes along with it. And so, you know, we're trying to function as, as like the connective tissue here between the right and left hemispheres of the brain. So we got the app that does the metric tracking and making sure you're doing the right things and mm-hmm. slice and dicing the numbers and all that. And then we've got the podcast, which is more of like the soft side of like, how should you think about changing jobs? How should you think about where finances ought to fit into your life as a whole? How should you think about what good spend is, bad spend, et cetera? And so that's a great place to engage. And like, heck, you know, email me, ben at chronify.com, exactly what you think the email address would be. And so, like, <laughs> it's funny how I, I'd love often to hear that from is. People. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I always feel like a dummy when I'm like, yeah, Elon can you please shoot me your email address? Com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give it exactly. a shot. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, and I really do mean it from the bottom of my heart. If people are interested, like, reach out, strike up a conversation. You know, this is where my head spends its time. whether I'm chatting with somebody else or not is like (laughs) thinking about, okay, how do I, how do I help, you know, how do I help reallocate human capital to its highest and best use? How do we use people's time and talents for their best uses? And people listening to this podcast are probably going to fall somewhere within that bin. And so I encourage you, if you're, if you're on the fence, reach out, let's have a chat and, and we'll see what comes of it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. It, it really just takes reaching out and, and doing it because you're excited about what you're working on. You want to talk about it. You want to share it with people. I'm excited about the Opportunity Collective. I want people to ask me about it in my day to day. So all it takes is asking people what they're excited about and how can I help. And, and there's opportunity right there for you. So a listener, go do that. Like if you are passionate, if you're excited about what you're hearing, if you're like, I have this ability, I could help whip up a cool promo video. I could help with some social media. I could help with this or that. Send Ben a message and I think he would really appreciate it. Right? Definitely. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. Well, listener, thanks for joining along and for being a part of the Opportunity Collective. We're just going to meet you next time and continue to create more opportunities for yourself, but more importantly, opportunities for other people. Well, there you have it. There are a lot of different ways that you might be able to help Ben Miller, but there are a lot of other people who have been on the Opportunity Collective podcast, as well as some folks that are members of the Opportunity Collective that I send out an email. It's called the Opportunity Board every once in a while. And it is just a simple email that has links to all of the different opportunities, the ways that you might be able to help other creatives 
entrepreneurs and emerging leaders like yourself with the skills and the gifts that you have been given. We're all about collaboration over competition, and that's the whole goal of this. So if you want to receive the Opportunity Board, then go to the link in the show notes to sign up to become a member of the Opportunity Collective. You'll just receive some emails. You'll know whenever a new podcast episode's out and how you might be able to help the newest podcast guest on the Opportunity Collective as well as some some really unique opportunities for us to gather together as a community virtually, hopefully coming soon. So I'm really excited about some of the stuff that we have down the line. So make sure that you are a member of the Opportunity Collective. It's free. It's always going to be free to be a member. I just want you to have opportunities to collaborate with other people who are doing amazing things like yourself. So go to the link in the show notes and join the Opportunity Collective today.